0: Alright, hello everybody. This is the very first installment of the Slammer Bros podcast. We are not online personalities. We are just a couple of natural bodybuilders who absolutely love all things professional wrestling. I am Jack Slammer. With me is uh, my big bro. my re- Not my kayfabe big bro, but my real big bro, Steve Slammer. Steve, how's your Sunday going so far?
1: Hey man, I get to talk some pro wrestling with my buddy here, with my brother. How does it get any better than that? I
0: mean, we are going to go to SummerSlam live in
1: three oh, weeks. See, now you're letting the, now you're letting the cat out of the bag, man.
0: Well, I mean, we're going to have to. It's going to come out of the bag eventually. I mean, Clearly. okay. I mean, go ahead. go ahead. I mean, we can surprise people. I mean, what are we gonna are we gonna sneak in a camera and like live stream it?
1: <laughs> I think I think the <laughs> WWE might frown on that one, but uh, we can definitely do a. Uh, a special broadcast from the the palatial Alara out on uh, out in the middle of the Las Vegas Strip. Hopefully, with a good view of Allegiant Stadium. I hear you know that that's a nice stadium out there.
0: Oh, it's an extremely great stadium. I'm just glad that the Raiders fans have not torn that place to shreds. Because they haven't let any in yet. Oh God, bro, that,
1: that crowd's gonna be absolutely insane.
0: Oh, dude, take th- this is what people don't understand. What I'm telling people is, it's like okay. Raiders fans are just freaking crazy. I love Raiders fans. I love the Oakland Raiders as a team, but they're crazy. Now, what I tell people is take all those Oakland Raiders fans and then put them in a position, uh, put them in a location where it's socially acceptable to get hammer drunk at 8 a.m. and go to a strip club. It is not a good mixture. So I'm just hoping to God that Raiders fans don't
1: change Vegas for the worse. I'm just glad they're not the Reno Raiders, you know, because I think Reno would have been a better fit.
0: Reno, the Reno Raiders. I, yeah, but, I mean, who the hell is going to go all the way to freaking Reno? And does Reno even have a population big enough to, to support an NFL team at this point?
1: Uh, probably not, but it seems like a better fit for the type of uh, – see, now we're going to come across like we're bad-mouthing Raider fans, but, uh, you know, Raider fans probably do that enough to themselves anyway.
0: Yeah, but the uh, – Here's the thing, I love me some Raiders. I oh, love yeah. me some Raiders fans. I'm just saying, I know how crazy they are, and I love Vegas, and I do not want to see them uh, make some changes. You know, part of the thing with Vegas, I love that you and I could just walk around with a cup, whatever alcohol we want, at three in the morning, and just kind of kick it <laughs>
1: <After> <laughs> and do our thing nugget, after taking the Golden Nugget for a couple of thousand dollars.
0: Yes, uh every time Steven goes to every time me and uh Steve uh gamble in Vegas, I'll I'll feel proud of myself for winning two hundred and fifty at video blackjack and then this guy'll take him for like twenty five hundred on video poker, hit the what'd you hit get him with? You got him with a royal flush. Yeah, royal
1: flush last time. Absolutely royal flush, four of a kind a bunch of times. Helps take the edge off the trip, especially after gorging uh, myself on beer and burgers after that show. Oh
0: man. So, uh, for those of you who do not know, do not know us personally, we, uh, Steve did his first bodybuilding show. It was my second bodybuilding show on May 15th. And, uh, we both, we both cut weight. We both cut for that show pretty seriously. Um, we both spent like six months eating a very strict regimented diet, uh, low-carb, high-ass protein, no fun foods whatsoever. And what I remember, uh, and we're going to get to the whole uh, – we're going to get to our subject today in a moment, but what I remember most about that was you and I would be in a taxi and every single fast food place, didn't matter yep. what it was, popped yep. up. you be like, damn, McDonald's, I can't wait to eat that. Oh, damn, Carl's Jr., can't wait to eat that.
1: <laughs> it, was more, it was more about in and out man. It was, it was all about the in and out in and out Now, do you have in and out East Coast? Oh, God, no. Uh, out here we don't even have Carls Jr. out here out here we got like McDonald's Wendy's Burger King Sonic we got Sonic okay, Sonic's
0: not bad. Sonic, Sonic is bad. uh in and out light but you know it's all right I, can't,
1: I think I think the last time I had Sonic was like 2013
0: Yeah I mean dude yeah, for me holy crap it was like high school last time I had Sonic for me it was mm. it was high school of all things and I remember I love their slushies their fries were okay and the burgers were all right. But now we got a segue into this. So you and I, this podcast is primarily going to be professional wrestling. We're going to cover raw SmackDown and AEW events. Um, This being our first one, we wanted to use this as an opportunity to just kind of test the waters out, get test the technology out. And there was just something so obscure (laughs) <laughs> that it triggered a two-hour conversation between two of us that goes outside of, hey, is this going to be a good match? Or is this a good pairing? Is this that, a good story?
1: That, that's all this podcast is going to end up being. So so normally what we do, this just is just texting back and forth and Facebook Messenger. This is just saving our thumbs. That's all that this is.
0: Oh, 100%. That's what this is going to be. So last week on AEW... Chris Jericho uh, defeated the first labor, and in that first labor, quote-unquote, and for those of you who don't know the storyline, uh, Chris Jericho is going to fight MJF if he can win five matches, and they're uh, referring to it as like Hercules lore, referring it to it as labors, right? So the first labor, he was in a match where his opponent could use a chair on him, but he could not use the chair on his opponent. He wins, then uh, MJF comes out, cuts a really good promo. I will say this, MJF is good on that microphone. Oh, like yeah. I do enjoy his promos. Like oh, He is yeah. a great heel. Like I do like him as a heel. Um, I don't like this particular storyline, but I do like him as a heel. Um, he comes out and he introduces his next labor, which is going to be a death match. With Nick Gage, and for those of you who don't know what who Nick Gage is, he is a guy who uh, basically uh, cut David Arquette's o- head open with a pizza cutter, and then <laughs> took a broken piece of a of a of, a, of uh, one of those like yeah, and then he and then he sliced his carotid artery and almost killed him. Uh, after. He had promised David Arquette that he would not cut him, but if they ended up getting cut, oh well, that was like their gentleman's agreement the night before that match. So anyways, now, Chris Jericho, former WWE champion, world-renowned wrestler, one of probably one of the most respected guys in the industry, who is now 46 years of age, is going to be put into the ring with a guy who is professionally unstable, probably couldn't legit wrestle a non-death match match. I got to ask, Steve. I'm going to let you start with this. What are your initial thoughts on this match, and what are your initial thoughts on this whole spectacle in general?
1: Oh, God. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Well, So going back to something you said originally, the reason why you're having a hard time getting into this story is because the story doesn't make any sense. So, you know, five labors, escalation. You know, you start with the chair match. Now you're going to this death match. I don't know where they're even going to go from here. What are they going to – are they going to bring back McFoley and do like an Inferno match or something? You know, <laughs> Luther gets set on fire. Maybe they can do – hey, you know what they can do? They can do the pandemic storyline that, that WWE did with Mysterio, the the I'm going to pop your eyeball out match. Maybe that will be next. Ooh. Good thing, good thing Ray grew that eye back, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <don't wanna, laughs> When it comes to, I mean, I, I think most people I, I actually I gotta ask, did you see the dark side of the ring on Nick Gage?
0: Yeah, that's that's where a big part of my concern comes from. Now what what's concerning for me and everything, and I'm gonna let you finish your initial yeah. thoughts, is not the guy's criminal history. Like I'm a no, big proponent no, of all. I'm a big proponent of rehabilitation, and I feel like once you've done your time and your prison sentence, you know, you're free and clear, you know, as long as you're Uh, rehabilitated to live on your life and put that behind you. What my concern is for Jericho and for AEW in general is this guy's not professional. And you have a phrase that I'm not going to take from you, but I, I don't think even if you plan this out, first off, this guy is not in the same league as Jericho. He can't wrestle a legitimate match and he's dangerous. Like, not like, Big dude who can't control himself, dangerous. This dude is dangerous, dangerous in the ring. Completely unpredictable, but I'm going to pass it back to you, let you finish your initial thoughts.
1: Well, well, you know, you you just hit on something else, too, and you said he's not in the same league as Jericho. The problem is right now, and with what they're doing over in AEW is, is they are in the same league. That's the problem. So so now you're bringing in this guy who, you know, bleeds in the middle of a cornfield, you know, in the middle of Delaware because they they severed his carotid artery with a broken light tube. Yeah, Th- this is probably going to be his one shot because, uh, you know, I, w- I was telling you earlier, they're, n- they're not going to sign him. I, well, I, I'm i sorry. I shouldn't say that. Uh, let me let me like, let me let me explain to you why I think that, though, because did you hear the rumors with AEW? that they're going to be signing Danielson and they're going to be bringing supposedly signing Punk, right?
0: I, I have heard those two rumors with Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan. I did hear those two
1: uh, so, rumors. So so you got Tony Khan running around and he's promising big things, big things, big things. And, and you know, I, Punk I find hard to believe. I could believe Danielson. But, you know, let's say he gets both. So on the on the same level, now you're going to turn around and you're like, oh, and by the way, we also got Nick Gage. <laughs> Yes. Nobody uh, knows who Nick Gage is, except for a handful of a handful of the the hardcore internet folks that that really follow AEW, and then you know maybe a handful of people that saw the dark side of the ring. So now you're bringing this guy in. It's going to be a one-off. It's going to be this guy's probably only time he's going to be on national TV with a world champion caliber guy in in America yeah. who's got a legacy and he's got and he's got town. He's he's the biggest name in that company. Yeah. What's to stop Gage from going into business for himself in this match? You know, that's,
0: uh, that's an excellent point. So for me, I put together a list of questions, but, you know, let's just touch on this organically as this pops up. Um, what, I feel, what I feel like, and you shouldn't have to do this with professionals, but I feel like with this match, you have to treat it as uh, secure as a Hollywood movie set. Making sure that like the weapon, you like make these weapons as as uh, safe as humanly possible. You gotta search this Gage guy before he goes to the fucking ring. You gotta search every single person in his entourage to make sure that they don't sneak something in. And if this guy, here's what I would tell Jericho, and you know what, I'm being honest. If this guy puts you in danger in any way, you make this a shoot and you finish this match however the hell you need to finish it as fast as fucking possible and get this bum out of there. I'm scared for the guy. The fact that I even have to say that. Like, we're not just concerned about, like, a shit storyline here. We're concerned about the safety and well-being. Not kayfabe, but, like, in reality, this man, Chris Jericho, we are worried about his safety. So I think you have to have safety nets put together you have to have various finishes you got to have the ref involved in any way you can yeah but it's death match so how's he gonna how's he gonna stop this you can't count him out you can't dq him does um and i'll let you finish my bad there um does does jericho get a quick submission on him like freaking pull the legs get a quick ankle lock pull it back and then they, the ref, kind of just pulls like a like a Montreal screw job on Nick Gage. Like they have to have these plans in play to get him out of there, if he decides to, as your point, which is I got to steal that phrase for you, go into business for himself. Like, how do you see that unfolding? Like you're the booker, you got talked into this match, forced to do it. What safety measures would you put into play?
1: See, that's the problem is is that requires them to actually think through this stuff, and I don't think that they've thought through this at all. I think if you thought through this, you wouldn't even bring this guy in. You know, they had yeah. it set up. They had it set up. It was the five labors. They start with Sean Spears. I think, okay, they're going to just have him go through each member of the pinnacle and in, in mm-hmm. different, you know, stipulation matches. And then they bring Engage. And it's like, geez, you know, you're bringing in this guy on the second stage of five. So now you're raising audience expectations. It's going to have to get escalatingly violent. You know, you got Jericho bringing back his pain maker gimmick and, and you know, that he did in Japan for five minutes but you know i agree with you you got to get the referee involved you got to make sure that he's ready and your toughest referee you got to be ready to have him just intervene and then you may, and then you recover it later you turn around and you say hey you know jericho paid the referee you know it's just mm-hmm. stuff, right but you know to, to to cover for it but you got to have a plan and the problem with everything that they do is that it doesn't feel like there's any kind of plan to any of it you know it's one thing when you've got you know, Moxley and and Omega doing some nonsense, or you got the Bucks, you know, doing the thumbtack gimmick in the mouth with the, uh, what's his face, but Gage, Gage is totally different. And I I just, I I got this, I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach that he's going to try and go into business for himself because that's his thing. And that's going to speak to his hardcore audience and the only people that are actually keeping him in business right now for himself. So, You know, again, what I don't know what kind of assurances they they have. I don't know what kind of deal they've made with this guy, but it it, to me, it feels like there is way more to lose for the company than there is to gain just from he has no name recognition.
0: No, I mean, and look, he might have like a is it the social media following Mm -hmm. that they're after like. There has to be something here other than or or they're just trying to really drive this thing home. But to your point, it's like, OK, let's say this Nick Gage thing just goes through and the best possible outcome happens and it happens
1: there. They're what is what, to be, what is next? Well, they're trying to be all things to all people. Yeah, you know, this is the same company that brings in, you know, Shaq to do a, a match and drive them through a table, you know, they're you know if the rumors are true and they're bringing in danielson and they're bringing in punk and they're you know i heard there was another rumor that i read that they were talking to Strowman, which makes no sense to me but yeah you know they're 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 courting that level of celebrity you know we we just saw it on the on the show two weeks back where they had uh, uh amanda nunez and and you know the top team folks on there
0: oh yeah amanda nunez and uh gosh uh Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, Jorge Mosvidal. Yeah, right. yeah, The
1: BMF guy, right? Yeah. And, you know, so so they're bringing in these mainstream folks and then and now they're trying to court this this niche internet, you know, deathmatch cult that, that's into this kind of stuff. And by the way, I'm not against deathmatches. Yeah, you know, I, I've you know, I've been back in the day. I've been to ECW shows, but if that was a more professional presentation than what
0: this, exactly
1: this CZW mud show nonsense that they're doing where they had the life flight gauge out of there because he severed an artery on one of these light tubes. Yeah, you know, I, I just I, I I don't really know. I, I guess I guess where I'm at is, is I just don't know what AEW gets out of this.
0: Well, and then that was that was going to be the first like after our initial thoughts. I wanted to. I have a I have a list of questions here. I figure I'll let you go first. I'll intervene with my thoughts here, but my first question, and that this segues into that really well, is why the hell is AEW risking Jericho's well being, <clears throat> their brand, you know? Because I mean, you know, they're right now considered largely as WCW, right? They're at least on that level right now. Maybe they're not as Good of a product as early days WCW was, but they're on that level, and possibly their TV spot on TNT. If you do something too stupid and reckless on TNT, they could just say, "Hey, deal's off. We're cutting this."
1: Yeah, i I, I get the feeling. I get the feeling that they they're feeling a little bit bulletproof right now. Yeah, they they you know they're going to be moving to TBS. They they got they have this TNT deal for this new show that they're going to be doing. They 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 have this other deal to do these like Clash of the Champions style things on TNT next year. Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of swearing that goes on on the show. Um, so I don't know if I, I agree with you. I think if if Gage does something stupid, it could risk their TV spot, and that's the and that's the whole point though is I don't think that they're really thinking through, you know, anything in life is a risk reward. Yeah. I think they're taking a big risk and they're not even getting a real reward out of this. It's going to be a throwaway second match and a five match series. Yep. He, he, Gage has a, a following of, you know, internet wrestling fans that are into this death match stuff. <clears throat> it's not like they're going to turn around and all of a sudden just start becoming AEW fans because they let Nick Gage cut into. Chris Jericho with
0: a pizza cutter. Well, I'm actually (laughs) looking up Nick gauge, Nick Gage's social media following right now on Twitter. He has 27.8 thousand followers.
1: Okay. I I was about to say million.
0: (laughs) No, 27.8 thousand followers in comparison to AEW, which I believe is over 2 million followers. So to your point, it's like the little bit, because even the thing is, Let's say you sign this guy, you have your little deathmatch bullcrap stories on the end. You're going to get guys who are going to tune in for the 5 10 minutes of bad matches, then they're going to turn on something else and you're going to alienate the people who just want a good they, pro wrestling product.
1: They can't. They can't sign him. I don't know how they could justify. I know that they I know that they sign pretty much anyone with a name from from the independents, but again I mean what, what's he gonna do for you
0: I like I you you said it perfectly you touched on a great point it is <clears throat> low reward for maximal risk and part of me's like okay if you wanted to take the death match angle why
1: not have him work moxley
0: like just have him well, work him moxley.
1: moxley him and moxley have a ba- have a have a background they have a history together
0: Exactly. And then you could go into that and you could say and then, you know, MJF could have said, "Hey, if Moxley wins, I'll give him the title shot or something." You could you could very easily make that a story and provide motivation
1: there. But on top of that, I mean, if you like if they decided to sign him, what do you do with him next? He's already he's already Russell Jericho. Like I, what I, else is there for him to do? What, what are you going to put him in a match against Jungle Boy? That's not happening. Yeah, I don't like
0: I don't think anybody's going to want to work with this guy. Like no one if in that locker Christian room
1: Cage is going to wrestle Nick Gage. No.
0: No. Christian Gage wouldn't do it. Matt Hardy's not going to do it. Uh freaking no one in that locker room is going to do it. That's why know, I think to your point it's a one-off. It's got to be a one-off.
1: Yeah, the, the only the only second match you get out of that is by putting him in the ring with Moxley. That's about it.
0: I could see Moxley working with them, and I could honestly That makes more sense to me if you really wanted to do this than putting him in there with Jericho because Moxley at least has seen this guy work, knows his style, and I think he could salvage a match with him and make it, like, not suck.
1: Well, and and now you're asking Jericho at – you said 46. I think he's actually 50. Let me take a look at that. I think he's closer to 50 to Um. now carry this this guy – in a you're,
0: national Oh, you are correct. He is 50 okay. years old. I was thinking of uh, Adam Copeland aka yeah, Edge yeah, 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 was 46, yeah. so I got so the two
1: confused. Now you're going to ask Jericho to to carry this guy in a national TV match with deathmatch rules and oh by the way, you know, protect his ass. Yeah. I, I, again, I it, it I don't see any reward that they get out of this.
0: I don't either. I don't like I don't. My thing is, I, I this goes into my second question. How the hell did they put Jericho up to this?
1: They gave him a bunch of money.
0: I mean, does he need it though? The dude well, has been. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> bro, you you pay me what they're paying him, I'll get in the ring with Nick Cage.
0: <laughs> I get that, man. But part of me is like, okay, at some point you got to look at yourself and you got to say, hey, I'm 50 I, years old. I got <laughs> enough money in the bank. I don't need to be doing this crap anymore. I,
1: I think this is hitting on common critiques of Jericho these days, which is, is he's just latching on to anything with some kind of cachet. Yeah. And I think that, you know, based on the, the recent dark side of the ring, I think that that has something to do with it. And I think that, you know, Jericho is, you know, doing the, 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 the farewell you know, the big prolonged farewell tour right now. And so it's an opportunity for him to, to, Hey, I did a death match with Nick Gage. Okay, or, you know, got like, call it. Call David Arquette and ask him how that went. You know,
0: dude. Here, here's my thing, and here's the one thing where if Nick Gage respects Jericho, oh. which I think he might, because because you got to remember, Arquette was kind mm-hmm. of like seen as this novelty dude trying to play in that world. So maybe he was just like, "All right, screw you, dude. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do whatever I want because you're not you don't belong here." If he respects Jericho, maybe that'll provide a layer of safety if Jericho was kind to him or something. But if you look at this guy, Nick Gage, I'm just like, yeah. you don't look like a pro wrestler who belongs on the main stage. You don't look like you work out. You don't look like you're going to take this seriously. Does he know how to do even the most basic of lockups with a guy like Jericho? That's
1: not what he gets paid for. And by the way, he thinks he's a big star. Yeah. <sighs>
0: I mean, yeah, in, in a small – like, I'll, I'll say this. Like, Dark Side of the Ring did a uh, live Instagram last night because he had another death match yesterday um, in which he lost. Um, I forgot who he fought, but the crowd did give a big pop. But this is him and his element in, a, in front of 250 to 300 people, <clears throat> and it's definitely the deathmatch crew that was there that night.
1: I don't. I don't make. I, I try not to make fun of any wrestling fans, but the, the the people that that are into those things, I think, are just they're just looking to watch a snuff film or something because those things. Yeah. Are, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen my fair share, and I've seen some CCW Tournament of Death stuff, and and you know some of it. The first time I saw one of them, I was like, okay, that's kind of different. And then when I realized that they were all like that, it yeah, was like, you know, it, it, you know, ah, uh, like an. It's kind of like, it's kind of like my, we're going to, I'm getting us off track now, but it's kind of like my critiques of, of themed pay-per-views on WWE. Oh, we're going to do yeah. everything's a cage match on the show. Well, okay. You know, everything's a hell in a cell match. Everything, you know, everything's a ladder match. It's like, no. yeah.
0: and then, you know, on the last match of the evening, it's somehow somebody's going to end up at the top of the freaking cage. Like okay. it's got a formula
1: because you, well, because you got to keep escalating. Right. You know, yeah. And and that's where they're going to find themselves, not just with the with the gauge match, but then with the five labors, because where do you go with three? Where do you go with four? What, what's he going to have a, a best of a best two out of three falls match at, at match three? No, it, it's got to be something beyond a Texas death match with this death match lunatic. So who are they bringing in? What's it going to be?
0: I have no idea what they're going to do next, but I'm sure MJF is going to cut a really good promo, set it up, but.
1: I, I don't, I, I guess my, my complaint here is, is if, you know, you're going to go to, you're going to go to Nick Gage on match two. It's going to be a disappointment if they turn around and they say, okay, well, it's going to be Jericho versus Wardlow, you know, yeah. in match three. It's like, yeah. well, wait a minute.
0: Like me, I'm thinking. I'm honestly thinking: Are they going to go barbed wire next time? Are they going to go inferno? Are they going to go like?
1: Well, they w- they won't be able to call it an inferno match, uh, just like they couldn't call it a casket match. It was a coffin match. Ah, exactly, exactly. Right? Because I think I think WWE trademarks everything now. Yeah. So it won't no, be I, an inferno match. It'll be a. It'll be a flaming. You know, whatever flaming ring rope ranch or so—I don't know, something stupid. Yeah.
0: All right, so to get us so to get us back on track, and and we're we're Mm -hmm. gonna have plenty of these types of discussions for RAW on Monday because we have our fair share. We have our fair share of WWE critiques as well. So we're not we're not. This is not the podcast that's just gonna bash on AEW. It was just this one decision sparked some (laughs) sparked a little controversy.
1: Uh, You know, you know. uh, Honestly, there's a lot of things that AEW does well. I think so too. I just don't know what the hell they're doing here.
0: That's my thing. I think uh, you you might have hit the nail on the head. They could feel indestructible and they could just think they're above the law and they they might feel like, hey, we're the big organization. We can control this guy. And I'm like, did you look at him? He did not look like he was all there. And that's not to like insult the guy or people who are impaired or something, but this guy looks like he's had some, some brain damage caused from cool. in-ring action and –
1: well, 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 well. Think about it, right? I mean, you know, you, you you talked about you know seeing him in the death match a couple of days ago. You know, the type of crowd that that he has around him. You know, let's say that they do every assurance, they they dot the I's, they cross the t's, they do the handshake deal, and then this lunatic sits there and says, "You know what? This is going to be my only shot on national TV. Screw it. I'm going to split Chris Jericho's head open, and my and my twenty seven thousand followers are going to love it."
0: Yeah. That could be it. And he's like, hey, my 27000 is going to turn to $30,000 with this <laughs> shot. Yeah,
1: What are they going <laughs> to yeah. do? Sue him? He doesn't have anything.
0: It, that, that is correct. So, I mean, oh. do, you think, do you think that they're paying him enough money to be on his best behavior with
1: this? I think if they're smart, they won't let the check clear until he does what he's supposed to do.
0: Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. So in his contracts to say, Hey, you could either make 50 grand for this match or you can make nothing. What's your call? Like yeah. that's, that's
1: smart. That that's way, actually,
0: you know, that's actually a better safety measure than what I had, which is, Hey, be ready for a shoot.
1: <laughs> I think, I think you gotta do both. I, cause he, this guy doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a, he's a drug addict, you know, he, I mean, well, I, I supposedly he was trying to clean himself up and, yeah. and by the way, not that that makes anybody a bad person. It's just, you know, it, This guy, he's a weird combination of a bunch of different things. Yeah. And I think it's an an unpredictable combination that you just need to really think through. And unfortunately, the organization as a whole doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that they really are thinking through the different possibilities.
0: I completely understand. I I completely agree. So part of me feels like we've covered a lot of some of my questions here. So I think... It's time for the last 3 and I think we we've spent enough time being like okay here's everything that could go wrong here's our concerns so I'm going to I'm going to switch it up on us for a second what's the best case scenario for this match I'm talking if it could go as well as it could possibly go where do you think it goes
1: I think you get I think you give Gage enough money to let Jericho smash him up with a bunch of stuff Yeah you let Jericho blade himself and then take some, some cream puff shots with, you know, some like a cheese grater or something like that. Yeah. The match lasts about seven minutes. You let him pin gauge and move on.
0: Yeah. I think uh, that's a good one. I could see, I could see it going two ways here. Number one, uh, we'll talk about this, but uh, a mild version of the Lashley Kofi match where it's like, 'Cause clearly everybody who's watching this is like Gage is not in Jericho's league, right? Let Gage get a little bit of early offense, then just let freaking Jericho use him like a punching bag, prove that he's not in his league, beat the Levin crap, like put it on put it on uh Gage, get the win. Then it ends how it should end, which is, hey, this guy, he's tough. He's scrappy. He comes in, doesn't get embarrassed, puts in a decent fight against a match. He's not supposed to win. Jericho, you know, minute four, turns it, puts it on him. Seven match win, hits the walls of Jericho, gets his check, goes home. MJF comes out. We learn what the next fucking third bit of stupidity is.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I know you're gonna give me your second option here, but just re- a thought on that, real quick though, is that if you do that, you know, you're you're almost making Gage the babyface.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. So what you, you know, would and, want?
1: And, yeah. And, and and I think to for them to bring him in, if you just have Jericho just just dominate him, I honestly think that crowd would would just crap all over it. Yeah. I, I,
0: so, so do you think part of it being is it's like, okay, this is one of your labors. They want to see him get some color. They want to see oh, Jericho yeah. getting some bad
1: spots. Jericho's going to bleed. I'll make a money bet with you right now that Jericho's going to bleed. The, oh, question I, is, I, the question is, is it, you know, is he, is he blading or is, is Gage going to, you know, do it the hard way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is it going to be the easy way or the hard way? That's the real question. Um, I don't know, man. So that was, that was way one. He just does it, just kind of show. And then you could also work the angle. Hey, MJF, what a, what a great plan you had here. You put this freaking bum in front of me and I took mm-hmm. him out, right? That's, that's one route. Second route is, I mean, fuck it. If you're going to go this way, go this way. Maybe, 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 maybe. And this is a big Maybe. <laughs> maybe. This guy knows his lockups. Maybe he has some technical skills, and maybe (laughs) Chris Jericho is still the guy who can have a great match with anybody. Jericho makes this match look like fucking Steamboat Savage, (laughs) but in the deathmatch world. As good as a deathmatch could be is what I'm saying. Jericho somehow works this guy and this guy being like, well, fuck, I'm on national TV. This could be my big break. Maybe I do need to be on my best behavior here. Okay, I'm actually going to try to pretend to be a wrestler for seven fucking minutes of my life.
1: Well, you know, I I was going to I was going to say this when we got to what we think the actual outcome is going to be. But I think it, it matches well with what you just said. In a best case scenario, a worst case scenario, and what it's actually going to be, no matter what, it's going to be a complete shit show. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and and the death match uh, situation lets you get away with that. Yeah. Like, because naturally,
0: I'm, they're ugly matches to
1: begin with. You're not asking them to go out there and, and be Steamboat Savage, but at the same time, if they were Steamboat Savage out there in, in a death match situation, it would still look like Just a mess. Yeah. No, I I agree. These aren't the old Ric Flair, Terry Funk, Texas death matches from, you know, from NWA. I mean, yeah, those were structured. They still had a wrestling format. These are, this is just, this is just going to be them hitting each other over the head with hammers for five minutes.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that I agree. (laughs) So, likely scenario for you is this is going to be a shit match.
1: It's going to be a shit show. Whether it's whether it's a shit match depends on how much Gage wants to play ball. Yeah, it could be entertaining. It could, I th- yeah, it could be entertaining. I just think it's no matter what, it's just going to be it's just going to be shit.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, okay. And then uh, I'll skip I'll skip bringing up other podcasters on this show for a second. But I know there's a certain guy you and I listen to. We're probably looking more. F- towards his review than we are looking
1: towards the actual no. match. You know, I'm a, I'm a sick human being sometimes. And whether it's wrestling or, or other things, right? Like I'm a, I'm a New York Jets fan. You know, we were talking about football earlier. Yeah, And, and as, as awful as that team was last year, because they went 2-14, right? I knew, especially, I knew, I looked forward to listening to sports talk radio on Monday after they just totally shit the bit in a game because I would get a kick out of listening to to the sports talk radio yeah. folks just totally eat the team alive. So, <laughs> so there, there's, there's a plus side to all this nightmare nonsense that goes on and that, hey, you know what? Even if it's a complete steaming pile of shit, come Monday, come Tuesday, whenever the show comes on or, or the podcast drops, you know you're going to get some entertainment value out of it. So I'm okay.
0: I, I agree, but uh, I just don't want them to get kicked off TV. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, I think, you know, going into my likely scenario, I agree. Deathmatch styles are not the style of wrestling that I like. Like personally, you know, I'm a Dominic Mysterio guy. And then I also like what edge has become to where it's like, okay, now you wrestle like a main eventer. like if you're going to go the crazy route, I like how Dom and Ray take it the crazy route and then guys like Ricochet where it's like, okay, I like that. If you're going to go crazy, go like that. It's not deathmatch. It's not crap minus the freaking eye out of your socket that magically grew back, but I like that style. Or I like the style where it looks like, okay, if this was the equivalent of Tyson Ali Mm -hmm. to dignified boxers best at what they do, this is what it should look like, like main event wrestling I'm not a deathmatch guy. I like the hardcore days because they kept it within reason <laughs> but I I don't know. likely scenario for me I gotta I gotta you hit the nail on the head. I feel like even if Gage gives it his best, plays ball, it's gonna it's gonna make for some great entertaining talking points. It's not gonna move the needle for aew in any way shape or form. you might catch maybe. 10 or 20 of his 27,000 Twitter followers who are going to be like, hey, maybe I'll check out AEW now if I've got nothing better to do. But his fans are not going to like, okay, let me ask you this. Could you see a Nick Gage fan
1: cheering for an Orange Cassidy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, think. Well, I mean, I mean that that's a that's an extreme example, right? So, I mean, you're yeah. going from a guy who's you know shattering light tubes over somebody to another guy who's you know <laughs> pockets and play kicking people. So it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, that, that's a little hard. Could I see them getting into some of the uh, you know some of the, the Kenny Omega Young Buck stuff right now, where they're doing like they've done a lot of stuff with thumbtacks lately, which has been kind of weird. But you know, I I could see them kind of getting into that. I I think you know if if they if they convert a handful of them you know good for them but i mean their their ratings are hovering around 800,000 ish yeah you know, occasionally they'll pop a million when they bring a shack in or they, yeah. you know, they have some kind of big thing going on but you know i i i just i i don't see how this fits into a bigger picture of how they're going to move the needle yeah and i think that's the frustrating part is is you know like and 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 why if i were a danielson or or a punk and you were considering signing with them, I would, I would, I mean, I know Khan's got a lot of money, but I would be thinking twice about it because everything about the show just communicates like what is their long-term plan? Yeah. It's
0: kind of, it it kind of reminds me to a lesser extent. Remember like uh, it's like Vince Russo WCW days where it's like, you think of one match, one moment, one spot at a time, but it doesn't look like there's an actual clear picture as to what's going on. To their credit, at least this five labors thing leads to something. Like there's at least an end, there's a story arc there. Cool. But where do you
1: go from there? Well, where do you take this? Well, so so we've been talking about the five labors matches and how they need to escalate. So now you're gonna go through five escalating, you know, what you know, match five will be like, you know, chainsaw on a pole or something. <laughs> And then eventually he gets to the MJF match. What are they going to do? You know, twenty minute time limit, standard. You know, one fall to a finish. What the hell is that match going to look like? Yeah,
0: no, I, I agree
1: with you there. So, so I, it, it's, it's it, I I think they're. Here's here's how I you know I just it just came to me, they set expectations too high. Yeah. So they immediately jump to this. Like if you wanted to do this, save it for five. I could see five, yeah, because this right. would
0: actually be a shocker for five because sure. this feels like five where it's like, Absolutely. holy crap, you're
1: you're going to try to oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially if they did, you know, have him work his way through the different members of the pinnacle. Yeah. Right, you know, match one, you know, two, he goes after Wardlow, you know, three, he goes after FTR, whatever, or three and four, he goes after one member each. <clears throat> and then, you know, what's, he, what's it going to be for five? Because he's run out of pinnacle members. Oh, here's Nick Gage. Okay, oh, crap. Like, man, like, is he going to be able to make it through that? It's yeah. match two. You know he's beaten gauge. Yeah. You know it. I mean, you would know that in even a match five, but at least you save it. You know, there, there's a thought yeah. process behind it. Now it's just okay, well, what you know, if they go to Dax Harwood on on three, it's gonna be like, all right. And you think Dax is gonna do some or or any member of FTR is gonna do some of this deathmatch stuff? No,
0: no, not at all. Not at all.
1: Not Wardlow, at all. And Wardlow is green. So, you know, what's he going to do? So, so it makes me wonder, are they going to start bringing in, you know, novelty indie wrestlers for three, four, and five to get to, get to MJF? Like, I, I, it doesn't make any sense.
0: It doesn't. You, you're, you hit the nail on the head here. I mean, the AEW writers, if they have any, or bookers, they got. There's one. There's one, one writer.
1: If, it's whatever Tony Khan wants to do.
0: Okay. So here is, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what you said about CM Punk and I'm, and I'm, and I apologize to anybody who's listening for me making constant comparisons with AEW and WCW, but in my eyes, they're number two. WWF was always number one. WCW was number two. They're the new number two,
1: whether you know it like it
0: or yeah, whether you know it like it or not, it's the new number two. Um, So what I will say is this. If I was Punk, if I was to sign, I'd be like, all right, I would work the Hogan deal if I was him. I'd be like, hey, you're going to pay me an assload of money. I'm not working people. I don't want to work. You're not doing anything with my character that I do not want done with
1: my character. you, you, You know they're getting full creative control. I'm sorry. Continue. 100%. He's not signing without creative control. Neither is Danielson.
0: Yeah, so if you give those guys full creative control, and then CM Punk is a re- has really, really great ideas. So I think giving him creative control and letting him come in might actually be a good thing for the company itself. So it and could save him. But they got to give him control, and they got to let him control his own stories, his own booking, everything,
1: and, and just oh. and he's o one and one in the UFC. So.
0: You know, okay. Uh, I maybe we should save this for another time. But like you and I both have martial arts backgrounds. Myself, more Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappling. You've got three advanced black belts. I've got a second degree in Taekwondo. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, and then, uh, right. so what I will say about Punk is this: with his UFC run, and this is probably our last thought before I leave, uh, before we before we sign off here. If you look at Punk's career. Normally, when you bring a guy like that in, you you handpick guys for them to beat, and you slowly let them climb up. CM Punk should have been not allowed near anywhere near those guys, but because they created such a fuss on social media, they both got fights that they knew they were going to win. <clears throat> like I knew, I knew Mike Jackson was going to win. He was a four pro boxer. I knew Mickey Gall was going to win. He was a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He fought and beat guys who were destroying everybody in the jiu-jitsu community. So the fact that Punk didn't get hand-picked opponents and he actually fought the best guys that he could possibly fight, you will never hear me disrespect him. What I will say, though, is that was improperly managed by uh, Rufus Sports. If I was Duke Rufus, and maybe this this just goes to show there's a reason why you have amateurs, mid-level pro, and then high-level pro. In, in MMA. So if I was to redo punk's career, I'd be like, okay, Hey, you can sign that eight fight deal with the, with the UFC, but you're going to fight on fight pass shows. You're going to fight in regional promotions. And we're mm-hmm. going to pick guys that you can beat because we want to a build your confidence, build your record. And then see, if you decide you want to go into pro wrestling, you don't have to take a five-year hiatus just so people will forget about the fact that you got your ass beat. Like you don't know how to fight. And you could just go back to pro wrestling.
1: Well, he 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 didn't have any kind of significant amateur background. Like he was exactly. like he wasn't like Brock Lesnar, where he was you know NCAA champion and all this stuff, yeah. right? And you know who did it right was what was what Bellator did with with Hager.
0: Exactly, Hager is and, legitimately going to have a great career because of how they're
1: building him up. And and you see he's 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 egging for a Fedor fight.
0: Hold, uh, okay, so all right, you know what, we're this is this is the rant time, okay? And here's what I will say about this I have no respect for guys when it's like, hey, I'm gonna call out Fedor. Yeah, I beat Fedor. I'm like, no, Fedor's 51. He's been knocked out a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. His chin isn't what it used to be, his speed and his power isn't what it used to be. You put Fedor where he was at even 10 years ago, Hager would you wouldn't hear Fedor's name go anywhere near Hager's mouth. And that's a well, freaking fact.
1: Well, well, look, you know, nothing but respect for Hager, who's boring as hell as a wrestler. But, you know, I, I find his I found his Bellator fights to be intriguing. Yeah. But, you know, for somebody who barely made it out of his last fight, you know, calm yourself a little bit.
0: hundred percent.
1: I he just sees the opportunity. He, you know, he's like a shark with blood in the water. He smells it. You know, Fedor's old. It's an opportunity for them to both make some money because Hager has some name recognition, especially yeah. in Bellator, right? And you know he's running around. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire Fedor. Fedor's retired.
0: He is. He's 100 percent right? retired. Fedor
1: right now is not like. Could I go and beat Fedor right now? No, right? Oh, Fedor would
0: kill either one of us. Exactly. That's 100 true. But,
1: but you know, Hager's also you know an NCAA champion. You know he he's he's a legit dude. When it comes to a
0: hundred percent, right? hundred percent. Like he is a legitimate fighter in that cage belongs in there to your point, punk. I mean, personally, I would be like, all right, man, if you want to do this, you're going to do some amateur boxing. You're going to do some wrestling. We're going to get you, I'm going to actually put you in jujitsu tournaments all around the country. And you're going to compete every two weeks just so you get used to the, to the
1: thought of actual combat. But that wasn't, that wasn't punk's fault. That was Dana White's fault, and I blame I blame Duke a little bit for that too.
0: I blame Duke and Dana, because Dana Duke saw Mickey and I'm like, bro, you see Punk every day. Now, maybe, you know, because you're so close and you see how how much he's improved in a short amount of time based on where he started from. But seeing the sparring sessions that Punk had leading up to the Mickey Golf fight. The only one he won was like against a guy who looked like a guy that Punk should be fighting, like a non-athlete who might've been training for maybe a year. It but
1: was Nick Gage. It was Nick Gage.
0: <laughs> oh my God. What if, what if AEW puts the belt on Nick Gage? What would you, would you, would you just, what belt? would you just cancel? Oh, uh, what's, what's their, what's their main title? They've got like 12 of them, right?
1: No, AEW.
0: How many yeah, how many titles does AEW have?
1: Well, they got they got the they got the world title, they got the TNT title, and then they got the women's title, they got the tag titles, and then they've been using that that old ECW, you know, FTW title. Yeah. has had All but right. I think that's it.
0: All right. If they put I'm going to ask you this question to close, they put the World Championship on Nick Gage, try to push him to the moon ultimate warrior style.
1: The most respected world championship in professional wrestling.
0: A hundred percent. Yes. How, how fast until you canceled TNT from your
1: cable provider? You know, here, you know, I I wish I could, I wish I could say I would, but I do remember uh, WCW putting the world title on David Arquette.
0: Yeah, but at least they kind of had a story there with it, right? Because they were promoting
1: then a movie. there was no story. They were promoting a movie.
0: Well, they promoted a movie. Then they had that, that cage that match. Idea. They had that three-way cage match yeah, where he, where man, him and, where he turned yeah, heel, when he turned heel, and then I was like, okay, at least you know there's like a ooh gotcha. But yeah, Uh yeah, arc. <laughs> hey man, I liked WCW during like the first NWO run that actually made sense because then you had Hogan turn heel, betray Macho Man, that made me throw a soda at my TV, which led to a subsequent ass whooping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I literally, I was one of those kids. I was drinking a freaking soda, and as soon as that leg drop hit, I was like, <sighs>
1: "Miss Elizabeth, you know, hey,
0: I love me, I lo- oh, Miss Elizabeth, God bless her soul. Jesus Christ, she was a beautiful God damn, woman. Goddamn Lex Luger, I hate that man. Well, I don't know him, but damn that man. He's All right, religion. huh? He's found religion. He has found religion. Probably redeemed himself. And hey, man, I've I've known people who have. Uh, had the painkiller grip on them. So let's just leave it at that. Um, all right. So we went through Nick Gage, Punk's career, a little David Arquette action. This was a fun mm. first podcast, man. Uh, is there any – where where can the people follow you if you wanted to acquire a social media following?
1: Oh, my God. Well, I'm on Instagram. All right. Uh, actually, I got a, I got a, we'll, we'll save that for the second episode.
0: We'll save this for the second episode. Absolutely. All right. You're, so you're for now, the big, you're the one with the big following. I'm on TikTok at OJackSlammer. Oh oh, if you want to follow me, OJackSlammer. Oh, TikTok. Jack slammer. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on TikTok, uh, Instagram, uh, Jack underscore Slammer underscore fitness uh, on Instagram. Those are the two main ones that I'm on, but we're going to be posting these all over social media. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, everybody, thank you so much. If you tuned in, made it to the whole thing. Steve and myself, this is just how we talk. Like when we're in Vegas, this is our conversations. We just talk you know, wrestling the whole time
1: i'm I'm telling you, you know, we're a month out from SummerSlam now, and the lead up to that, we're gonna have we're gonna have to do some we're gonna have to do some some shows on that. just just the build up and then you know, some definitely get some some post review.
0: Oh, well, definitely. Well, you got to remember, we're going to be doing Raw reviews all the way up to that. We're going to be doing SmackDown reviews all the way up to that. And then, you know, maybe the day of the show, well, well, we're going to do an immediate recap from the Alara, and then uh,
1: it's going to be a good time. All this is, all this is, is this is just you messing with me because you're trying to get me to watch all three hours of Raw. And the only way that you can get me to do that is to agree to do this. So now I'm going to subject myself to all three hours of raw. And I'm just, I'm not going to be a happy camper. So I'm going to need to vent.
0: Oh, you are going to need to vent. I'm going to need to vent. You're going to need to vent. There's going to be some stuff that I like that you're going to hate, some stuff that you like that I hate, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. But anyways, folks, I am cutting the broadcast here. Uh, Please follow the Slammer Bros on Twitch. We're going to be posting these to our YouTube channel, the Slammer Bro. Uh, We're going to be everywhere you could possibly want, so just keep an eye out for us, follow us, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we will see you on Tuesday to do the Raw Recap, all three majestical hours.
1: I'm sure I'll be recovered by then from all the drinking I'm going to need to do to get through the show.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. Bye.